whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Karen Pennington, and today I'm thinking about commercials, silly commercials, mostly silly commercials, serious commercials. Uh, I'm reminded of a time a little bit further back, maybe about 20 years ago, where I actually auditioned for a commercial. It was one of those things that was open auditions in the mall, and I remember it. It was a pretty famous jingo. Uh, Kit Kat bar, remember, give me a break, give me a break, break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. Well, I have always enjoyed the spotlight and I just thought it would be a fun thing to do. So I went to the mall. I'm like, I'm going to sing my heart out. I'm going to see if I can get on this commercial. Of course, when I got there, um, not most people my age were that bold. Pretty much every other person, no, not pretty much every other person who was trying out for this commercial was like under the age of 10 years old. So there's all these little kids and me and I'm like, what the heck? I'm going to go for it anyway. So I go and probably everyone in the mall is staring at this relatively tall person, you know, in contrast with the, you know, two or three feet tall little midgets that were singing. And it was a nationwide thing. And I was probably the only person over 12 who applied for it, but it was fun. <laughs> and it was a memorable time. And it's always been a memorable com commercial. Obviously, the thing is, uh, it's a good slogan. Give me a break. You know, that, that dual thing where you're breaking the piece of kiss with that Kit Kat bar, but people going, oh, I need a break. I need a break. And that made me think that's actually really what commercials are. You know, it's that break, you know, and now let's take a break while we hear a word from our sponsors. Uh, it used to be built right into the show itself back, you know, at the beginning of television times. And now it's like this scheduled break where you stop watching or listening to the thing you actually want to watch or listen to so that you can hear from the sponsors. Uh, for the most part, many of us find commercial breaks annoying. Let's be honest. I, I We haven't watched traditional television, my husband and I, for quite a while. I think I can think of one time in the past, maybe three or four years, where we even sat down to it, and it seemed so foreign to me. You know, we do that internet television thing now where we just subscribe to the different pages we like. Most of them are free, and sometimes we do honestly lean towards the ones that, okay, maybe I'll spend five ninety nine a month and not have to pause for a word from our sponsor because we don't want to pause we want and i'm a binge watcher we'll watch several episodes in a row we just stick with forget I, I don't even know how to wait till next week's episode i'll wait till the end of the season and then watch it all in a week and a half but um you know you don't want to pause this the, i want to focus on what i'm focusing on and i don't want to stop and hear a word from anyone if I need something, I'll look it up on the internet or I'll go to the store or I'll ask a friend. I don't need you to tell me what you want me to buy. And I don't really care that you're paying for this program because I'm in it for the program and not for the sponsor. And there's like, 
one time a year where I feel differently. And that, of course, is the Super Bowl. First of all, I don't watch football that much. I do like the excitement of a good game, especially when it's live. But I'm not a huge football fan. I don't know who's what. I pretty much go with whatever city I live in. Go Steelers! I lived in Pittsburgh a long time. Um, Please don't stop watching if you're a Cleveland Browns or Dallas Cowboys fan. The Cowboys are good too. Go Cowboys! And for some unknown reason, my husband loves the Minnesota Vikings. We've never lived anywhere near there, but it's just his favorite. So purple and gold are seen various places throughout the house. And so anyways, I digress. A lot of us watch the Super Bowl as great as it is because the commercials are so great. I remember being at so many Super Bowl parties where we're just talking through the game, kind of half watching it, half talking, and then shh, the commercials are on. Shh, the commercials are on. It was the exact opposite of the way we act the rest of the year. Shh, it's back on. It's... So I was thinking, unfortunately, I think especially in this culture, we desperately need to pause for a word from our sponsor, our holy sponsor, you know, the one who created and funds all of this thing we call life with his very breath. And a lot of times our attitude is that, no, I'm into the programming. Our attitude is so resistant to that pause. But what if we treated God more like the Super Bowl commercials? What if we decided this is worth doing? It's worth taking a break from the action. You know, give me a break. It's worth taking a break from the action to focus on our creator. Now, what's so different about the Super Bowl commercials? They're fun. And you know, even when we're on those free sites where we get to watch the free show, there are certain commercials that I almost would rather watch them than the program that I'm binge watching at the time. There's, there's this great one. It has an old set of rappers um, that you sing, whoop, there it is. And they're using it for ice cream. Scoop, there it is. <laughs> If you don't know what I'm talking about, you probably think I'm crazy. And I have friends that have seen it and they're like, I, I just don't, I don't understand why you think it's fun. I, I, I think it's like the funniest commercial that's ever existed. These rappers singing about ice cream while these, this middle-aged woman is dancing around. And it may be because I'd be the middle-aged woman who's dancing around and looking ridiculous and having fun. Um, and maybe because I love ice cream. I don't know, but it's just a fun commercial. And it's like some commercials are worth seeing. <laughs> Some pauses are worth taking, and certainly, in terms of hearing from our sponsor, our sponsor, God, is certainly worth hearing for, hearing from, and we take those little pauses, you know, every, hopefully every day we're taking those little pauses, uh, because he's more than just our quote-unquote sponsor, he's our breath, he's our life, he's our reason for existence, and I have to repent because I get so caught up in the existence and the doing for God that it's hard sometimes for me to pause. I would say sometimes those of us who are in ministry have the hardest time pausing. Uh, I know Sundays when I was in full-time, you know, paid ministry for so many years, Sundays were my hardest day. They were my most exhausting day. They 
I wanted them to be a day to reflect on God. And I might have preached and I might have sang and I might have taught Bible study, but I was so busy doing. It was not a Sabbath for me. And in my best years and my best moments, I would take a Monday or a Saturday or something like that to just get away from it. But I was exhausted at the end of the day because I wasn't getting a break. And I'll be honest, I wasn't always hearing from my sponsor because I was too busy doing for other people. You know, there's a reason that God created that break to hear from our sponsor. There's lots of reasons. I mean, Genesis 2. I can't read my own handwriting. Genesis 2, 2, and 3. God took a break. God didn't need to take a break. Why would somebody who is the source of all power need to take a break? Was he taking a break from himself? He doesn't need to know himself. He's there. But I believe he took that break and it said... He blessed the seventh day and made it holy because he rested from all the work. He did that as an example to us to show us what to do. And throughout the Bible, we're called to do that over and over and over again. In the Old Testament, we're called to do it as a command. One of the big ten, actually. Ten commandments. Commandment four, I believe. Yeah, commandment four is remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. That's in Exodus 28. Now there are 10 commandments. That's literally written in stone that we're supposed to, like God wrote the commandments in stone twice, actually. Doubly written in stone that we're supposed to keep the Sabbath holy. Now the thing that even puts it more so is of the 10 commandments, there are only two that are really explained, fully explained out and um, why this is important. And keeping the Sabbath holy is one of them. Um, not bowing down to idols is the other one. Those are the two commandments that aren't just like one or two liners. They're like full paragraphs. They're like, I think it's four verses, might be three. Um, no, I'm sorry, five verses. Exodus 16, 20 through 24. Um, it's explained, and I'm going to guess it's because those are the two that are quickest to break. And I'm going to just, my uh, thoughts is that not only are idolatry and Sabbath the quickest to break, but everything else falls down when you don't do that. When you're not fed and when you're not remembering that God is first. When, we, when we're not fed, we get hungry. It's very, I always talk about food. Maybe I need to eat more breakfast before I start talking in the morning. But it, it's, it's a very uh, common concept. If I don't eat something in the morning, I get really hungry. And hungry and hungry and my blood sugar drops or if I don't and then I want something that doesn't nourish me but just like for instance I went too long for eating yesterday and you know I had more candy than I needed to eat because I hadn't eaten my salad or my protein that I needed and um, I walked a lot so I'm good but that's what happens when we don't take that time to receive from God what only God can give us to nourish us, then we get hungry and we start, that's not keeping the Sabbath holy. And then our immediate heart's appetite goes for the things that are quick, quick satisfying. Let's go for that thing that I can see right in front of my face that looks like it'll satisfy. I'm not even sure it will, but it looks good. So let's try it. That's called idolatry in our spiritual lives. And I'm thinking that's why he was saying, listen, these two, you know, you put me first, make sure you're not leaning to anyone else and make sure you're relying on me. Um, there's a reason that those first four commandments were 
about putting God first because that's the source from everything else. So um, it keeps going. Um, and it's a little bit reinterpreted in the New Testament. God talks about how Jesus himself talks about how the Sabbath was not made for humans. This is in Mark 2. Uh, that man was not made for the Sabbath, or humans were not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for us. It wasn't just a written in stone, you better do this or else. You know, because really none of God's commandments are about him lording it over us. If he wanted to lord it over us, he'd have made us robots. He wants a relationship. It's about this is what's going to be best for you. This is going to be what's best for you. And in Hebrews 4, 1 to 11, it says, Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. It goes back to the Ten Commandments. If we're not empowered, if we're not taking that time to be with God, then we're not empowered to do the things that God would want us to do or even enjoy, enjoy life the way God would enjoy. If we're not, we, we need that time to reset. We need that time every day. That's hard for me. And we certainly need that Sabbath. And that has been... A challenge honestly to me over and over and over again because I so easily can go but I'm studying the word but I'm speaking about the word but I'm teaching the word and that but am I taking time to rest in the word even God did it why am I not doing it you know uh, a website called ink.com I just discovered it actually talked from a secular standpoint of 12 benefits of resting so even if you don't know the Lord, and I hope you do, this is one of those times where even the world is agreeing with godly wisdom. 12 benefits of a day of rest. It's known to reduce your stress, which, by the way, will reduce your health care bills because they say some people who are stressed out pay nearly 50% more in medical bills. It gives you a chance to move, which improves your health because a lot of times, even when you're in an active field, you're moving a certain way and you may need time to not move that way to try to switching gears is like a good thing you know it um, reduces inflammation in your heart and in your lungs which often reduces often reduces uh, blood pressure and cholesterol and things like that that cause people to die before they're 70 often you know people who are in high-risk jobs or high-stress jobs and who never take a break including pastors when you're a pastor who does not take a break, you just keep going and going, going for Jesus, going for Jesus. Jesus didn't tell you to go like that. Jesus rested. Don't blame this on God, buddy. This is this is your deal when you're not doing what God tells you to do in the name of Jesus. Um, it boosts the immune system. So there's all these health benefits physically, but it also helps you sleep better when you take that rest because you take a break from those disruptive habits. Like you almost have to reboot. Like, you know, sometimes you have to turn your computer off and then restart it. Sometimes you kind of got to, in a way, turn your brain off. You don't fully turn your brain off, but, you know, you turn off your brain from things that are jarring it. You kind of take a, a shifting of gears. It is clinically proven that taking active time off, just taking a day off to do whatever, to take a walk, to do whatever. We're mostly in sedentary positions, so usually you're doing a little bit of movement. But, you know, just being intentional about being restful, that adds years to your life. It restores your mental energy. It boosts your creativity. It 
makes you more pro- more productive. They're saying more hours means less productivity. So some of the most productive nations give at least 30 days off because people need that time away so they can come back and be more productive where they're at. Um, you have better focus when you have a weekly break. You actually get more done a lot of times in 40 hours a week with a rest or 35 hours a week with a rest than you would in 60 hours a week uh, because your focus and your clarity and your creativity and all that just aren't there. It improves your short-term memory, which again improves your productivity. And it can make you love your job again because you're taking a break from it. You know, that this is a secular, Inc.com, this is a secular perspective saying you want to be more productive, you want to be more creative, you want to get more done, you want to love what you're doing, give me a break. <laughs> Take the break. And in terms of our Christian life, in other words, let's pause to hear a word from our sponsor. It's so important. And I still struggle with it. Even when I'm in church, I've mentioned this before. Sometimes I want to help somebody else. I've, I've been very intentional about saying I will volunteer for children's ministry once a month. And as hard as it is, because there's always a need, I stick to that no more than once a month because I need to be in worship and I need to just take in God. And I still see, oh, there's a new person. I got to go say hi to him. No, not during worship. I don't need to do it during, I'll wait till after church. Do it. Come half an hour early. Or, oh, that's a good thought. Let me make sure that. All right. And and, and it, I do these things that still put me in go mode and perform mode and share mode and um, upload mode. I need a break. And you know what? When I do that, that's on me. That is on me. But it's a challenge for myself and for you. I mean, how do you see Sundays or Sabbaths? You know, Romans 14 says some people take one day as a Sabbath, some people take another. How do you see your Sundays or your Wednesdays or your Tuesdays or whatever it is? How do you think about that day of taking off? And do you take it off? Or are you just doing a bunch of stuff that's wearing you out and saying, I'm doing it for Jesus, for I'm good. That, that You're not doing it. God tells you to take a break. So if you're doing a bunch of stuff seven days in a week over and over and over and over again, and you're not stopping... I'm going to tell you, you are not doing it for Jesus because God never asks you to defy his will. I'm saying that to myself. So how do you view that time where you just lay down your agenda and you lay down your work and you lay down your thoughts and you just go, okay, God, it's me and you. Maybe my family's with me. Maybe my friends are with me. Maybe we're, but I'm going to enjoy you and I'm going to receive for you and I'm not going to upload today. How do you view that time? Is it the nuisance that comes in the middle of your binge watching or your binge working? Or is it your Super Bowl commercial? Is God your interruption? Or is he that thing you're looking forward to when you're taking a break from the game? I mean, he wants to be your everything. He wants you to be excited about hearing from him while you're in the midst of it all, but also pausing to just be with him. Almost always when I feel like I start getting jarred in my creativity, when I start feeling like I'm breaking down, when my clarity's lost, almost always there's this element of I haven't taken a time to rest. So how dare I ask God to talk to me and talk through me if I haven't taken that time to just be with him? It sounds pretty oversimplified, but honestly, it's that simple. 
And honestly, if all you've done in a weekday or a week or a day is soak in God, received God, sought after God wholeheartedly, not as a way to get out of what you're supposed to do, but just because you love him so much, you want to be with him, or you need him so much, you need to hear from him. I would say that's about one of the most productive things you can do. Because honestly, that's why we're here. And again, I'm not telling you as somebody who's master of this. I'm telling you in great humility as someone who needs to hear it myself. And oh Lord Jesus, forgive me, forgive me. Like the Israelites, I keep going back to that thing where I try to add to you with my own doing, with stuff I do. I've never melted gold, God, and bowed down to it. I've never done that. Never blatantly done that, but I've often, often made my projects this idol and called them you. Even good projects, God, and I don't want them to get in the way of you. I've often gone to church and you've had a word for me and I've missed it because I was into my own plans. When you've asked me to take a break from them, Lord, Lord, help me to receive you. Help me to really take that break and enjoy how sweet you are. Every day, Lord, but also every week. I don't want to miss the blessing, God. I don't want to miss you, and I certainly don't want my own striving to keep me from a holy productivity that flows from your spirit, Lord Jesus. I pray for everyone out there who is so, so tired. We know like in Matthew 11, you call us all to come to you, those of us who are weary and heavy burden, and to receive your rest, Lord Jesus. You have a rest for us, and we thank you for that. Give us the faith to receive it, Lord. Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you for your rest. Thank you for silly commercials and silly times that can remind us of things that are more important. Thank you because you are the most important thing. You are breath, God. In your name, amen. Be blessed, my friends. Enjoy the commercials. Enjoy the pauses. Enjoy each other. And most of all, enjoy 